Hey, Kimberly, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Doing very well. Good, good. Okay, Brandon is a fund development consultant, and that's mm-hmm. fundraising to make it a little bit simple. Um, today, Brandon is going to give us some tips on how to make or how to help nonprofits succeed. But before we get to that, I want to talk about some of the things you've done in the past, Brandon. Can you tell us about that? Sure. So uh, I'm originally from Detroit, Michigan. Uh, graduated from the Howard University, and uh, you know I had an opportunity to go to uh, Rutgers University, and then you know I went to Columbia, but I never finished. And I always joke and say, uh, you know, I was smart enough to get in, but not rich enough to finish. And, and uh, you know, it's it's really an opportunity where I, I got into fund development. I put the fund in fund development uh, through working for campaigns. And so, you know, I was always good at raising money and convincing people to spend their money, convincing other people to spend their money. And as a result, uh, said, hey, you know, there's not a lot of people of color in fundraising, in the advancement field, in the development field. Uh, it's a very female, uh, wealthy man driven industry. Today, you know, I'll give your listeners some tidbits of how to be a good fundraiser, how to sustain their nonprofit, and how to recognize that their nonprofit is still a business in the eyes of the IRS and you still have to produce and act as if it is a, a, not a typical uh, for-profit entity. Okay. Okay. Well, do you mind if we just go back a little bit to our history, just so to give our listeners uh, a little bit of feedback about our friendship and how long, how long I've known you. Is that okay? You have. Yes. That's, that's great. Um, You've known me for quite some time. And actually, I, I stumbled upon meeting you. I was, uh, we were both in, living in Harlem uh, probably 10 years ago, probably, probably a little bit further than that. And um, I saw this interesting boutique in the middle of Harlem, which it almost stood out. It almost didn't seem like it belonged there. So I, I was intrigued by it because it was very different. Uh, and I walked in. And then uh, I can't remember what I said to you, but whatever I said to you got your attention. And the rest is history, literally. Yeah, I still remember the day that you came in the store. You came in and you had this big smile. You looked at me like you were just proud. That's how you looked at me. That's what I got from it. And you started to say something, but you kind of froze and and didn't say it, but that is um, that was the beginning of our friendship, and it, it's been ten or eleven years ago, actually. Exactly. Yeah. I go for you, you know, and, and you know, I I don't believe that you meet uh, people by happenstance. Yeah. You know, I always say you meet people for a reason, a season, and a lifetime. Mm. You know, so. Yeah, I I feel the same way. I think it's all a part of. Um, just God's design and the lessons that we need to learn along the way. So I'm thankful that you are part of this today. And I do just want to touch on um, that I got a chance to go with you many years ago. You were on Sean Hannity's show and you let me tag along with you on that. So that was a lot of fun. 
And um, you've done a lot of thing, other things as well, um, which people can go check you out again at brandonbrice.com. But yeah, let's get to, to, um, to the, your tips that you have for us today. Sure. So today I uh, wanted to talk to your guests around the tidbits of fundraising and how to run a successful nonprofit. Uh, and on the flip side, I can also say how not to run uh, a nonprofit. And what are the things that you should be aware of? Number one, uh, people think that when they have a nonprofit, that that nonprofit is supposed to be something that they care about, something that it's a social cause, and all that's fine and dandy. But at the end of the day, a nonprofit is still a business. You still have to balance the budget. You still have to market. You still have to uh, audit. You still have to show things as if you were running a typical Fortune 500 company. And so the only difference is, is that maybe you started the nonprofit or maybe the nonprofit was started out of a certain cause. But in order for your nonprofit to be successful, you still got to pay attention to what I call the details. The other thing is, is that fundraising is a very key and important role of any nonprofit because you actually got to raise money and you actually have to sustain. And there's a difference between what they call individual corporate and foundational giving. And so individual corporate is I go to a party, I meet a rich guy and the guy likes my idea. He says, hey, I'm going to give you a million dollars. That normally does not happen often. Uh, but it does happen. And so typically, you know, when you talk about we consider those people in our world high net worth donors. Right. And so these are the people who have big bucks, uh, who are have the houses in Malibu and Palm Springs. And you see them and you catch them at a party that maybe you wasn't able to get into or maybe you were and you run into them and you got those, you got 10 seconds to, to talk. Those are what those are the folks who would typically contribute to part of your major gifts campaign. Second is your foundational giving. Now, these are when you, you know, have different foundations that got a boku load of money and want to give it to a specific cause. And you got to write the letter of intent. You got to actually break down the costs. You got to actually talk about why you want the money and where the money's given. Then you got to have your 501c3 and your IRS forms and your 990s. And then that's typically how you would get funded through a typical foundation. Now, foundational giving, you're talking about anywhere from foundations can give as low as 10,000 or as much as a million, depending on the foundation. Um, and then last but not least, corporate giving. Now, corporate giving is a little unique. Because corporate giving is really uh, unique because every corporation has a, what they call a corporate social responsibility, i.e., which really means they have to give a certain amount of funding no matter what. Now, the interesting thing is they're not going to tell you that. Uh, and then many times they don't tell you that because they don't want you to know. But the reality is, bare minimum, a company, a corporation, through their corporate social responsibility, has to at least give you at least $2,500 to $5,000 to go away. I call that go away money. So the thing is, you got to take advantage of that because again, that's, you know, in the fund development world, it's low hanging fruit and it all begins to add up. But again, that's why you're listening to uh, this show, to Kimberly Watkins show, because you're finding the secrets of how to beat the system. 
And the reality is I tell people I'm unapologetic when it comes to taking other people's money to use for other great causes that are going to uplift the community. I love it. I love it, Brandon. Okay, so you're going to get into telling us how someone, um, just helping uh, nonprofits actually utilize your your expertise. Well, you, well so there's a couple things. So one, if you're going to start a nonprofit, the first advice I would give any client or customer or, or person that has an interest is, what are you passionate about? Because if you're passionate about something, you're going to have more of an interest. And the reality, like I said, being that it is a typical job, there's no difference than a person who works at, you know, who's got a, a business or the founder of, you know, uh, Hardee's or, or Burger King, you're still putting in the hours. You're just putting in the hours for something that it is that you want to do. So the first thing is, do I have the vision? Okay. The next question, which is most important, is can I execute the vision? The third question, which is even more important than that, is if you can't execute the vision, can I find somebody who can execute the vision? And I'll tell you folks, sometimes the person with the vision is not the person who can execute the vision. And those are two different things. And a smart nonprofit owner knows that. And then last but not least, which is the most important thing, is who's going to fund it? And so now that's where you begin to get creative around what is going to be the name of my nonprofit? Is the name too long? Is the name too short? How do we now look at, you know, funding it? Who are the key stakeholders who would have an interest in my business? And then last, look at, well, putting together a board, which you have to put together an executive board. This is tricky. Now, folks, I'll tell you, uh, mytwerking.com or, or that as a as a as a email is probably not something that you want to have tied to your business. Brandon, stop right there. I just need to. Can I laugh for a minute? Sure. Really, Brandon? Well, well, you know the the irony is, I'm saying it because I've seen it. The reality is, people don't associate their personal email to their nonprofit email. In many cases, they blend it, and I'm telling you, that's a no no. Uh, the other thing that is a no-no is, you know, you'll find it a lot with minority communities. Oh, well, my wife's on the board, my cousin's on the board. Well, if I'm a IRS, I probably don't want to see that or don't want to know that. And so one quick trick is that if you absolutely have no one to join your board and you need to get a board through, you know, use your wife's maiden name or use the name of someone else or just make sure that the names don't blend. Uh, you know, Kimberly Watkins should not also be James Watkins and Sam Watkins on a board. It's just it looks too suspect because remember, you're submitting your 501c3 to the government and the government. The first thing is going to pop is going to say, well, why does everybody have the same last name that's on the executive board? So you really want to be transparent, but you also want to be careful when you are putting together an executive board, because as you saw, if you looked at the story of um, uh, Steve Jobs, uh, your executive board legally, and I'll say this very slow for your listeners, your executive board legally has the power to remove you. Let me say that again. Your board that you picked, that you put on, that you asked to come on and be the governing arm of your organization that you created, that you put your blood, sweat, and tears in, they have the power to, to terminate you. Wow. 
This I didn't know. Yes. Okay. According to the IRS, your board, once those names are sent, you are now their employee. So, again, what, listening to Kimberly Watkins' uh, a show, you're finding out the different tricks of how to run a nonprofit and win. And the reality is no one's going to tell you this because there's money in consulting. Now, let me go back. Let me go back a few other steps. Beware of the consultant that has never raised money. Beware of the consultant that has no references. Beware of the consultant that immediately tells you to pay him before they offer advice. That's not a consultant, people. That's a hustler. Got it. Got it. Got it. Brandon, you also mentioned that you wanted to um, talk to um, my listeners um, about why nonprofits fail. What are some of the reasons why you've seen nonprofits fail? Well, you know, nonprofits typically fail because, you know, a nonprofit is not a dream. It's a job. And so you get people with great ideas. But again, going back to the steps that I said, are you the right person to execute it? And then the biggest reason nonprofits fail is for this little thing called uh, founder syndrome. Now, let me explain what this is, because I've seen this quite a bit. Founder syndrome is the syndrome that I started it. I put my blood, sweat and tears. I did this. I. But the reality is, once you submit your nonprofit paperwork to the government, it's no longer I, it's we, which means that, again, your board has the authority to remove you and you have people that you need to answer to. And so what happens is I often see where people, they can become protective of their nonprofit because they say it's my nonprofit. I started this, but they don't understand that as you as as you would run a business in a Fortune 500 company, if you're damaging the brand of the company, if you're damaging uh, 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 the operations of that of that nonprofit, you got to go. And so the founding syndrome is a big issue that I see a lot of times, especially with nonprofit owners, when they have founded organizations or started them, uh, it becomes less about protecting it and more about ego. And so I think that's a big issue well, that also impacts a lot of small businesses. And then lastly, is making sure that you have a successful a strategic plan. Every three years, a nonprofit should have a strategic plan. Now, why every three to four years? Uh, some do every two years. That's a little too much. But you will know if your organization or nonprofit is doing well at least in three years. And if it's not doing well, then you've got a chance in year three to turn it around and put together or, or amend another strategic plan that will help you move forward. Uh, this is important because things happen. Uh, you know, some nonprofits uh, operated one way, and I'll use an example, before COVID. And after COVID, they had to literally change the way they do business. And so what you're seeing is that it's called being prepared and having the necessary business plan, strategy plan, strategic plan, feasibility study, same thing that you would see in a regular for-profit business, nonprofits have to have them as well. Marketing plans, is somebody buying my product? You know, the greatest marketing people, in my opinion, in the last 10 years is the Wounded Warrior Project. Why? Because when you see the guy with, you know, no legs or whatever, unfortunately, because they've served, 
you want to give because you're thinking if I don't give, I'm just a jerk. Well, that's marketing. As bad as it sounds, that's marketing. And what they've done is they've played to what they play to your heartstrings where now you feel the need to go in your, even if it's your last dollar, you want to make sure that that veteran has that last dollar. Folks, that's marketing. Now, I'm not saying that that's Hollywood. That's none of my business. But it's marketing and understanding how this game works. And so when it comes to nonprofits, they've got to have strategic marketing plans that prepares them for their audience because the name of the game is if you don't have money, you don't have program. I'm going to say that again. If you don't have money, you have no program. Got it. Got it. Okay. Okay. So you, I mean, this, you're speaking to um, the audience today. I'm learning a lot. These are things that I didn't know. So thanks so much for this information, Brandon. Um, I don't know. Is there anything else that, that people should know? I mean, you are the expert. What else? Is there anything else that we should know? Well, a couple things, you know, if you're going to start a nonprofit, ask people in all honesty what they what their thoughts are. And, you know, there's a great model to follow uh, the late Barry Gordy or not late Barry Gordy used to look uh, Barry Gordy when he was at Motown used to have something called the Motown Review. And essentially it was a review before things went to the public. And so and before that, he would actually have a group of people who, you know, worked for him and people who didn't know him. And he would bring them in, treat them to dinner, and he would literally go through six to seven songs. And he would say, if you were down to your last five dollars, would you buy this album? Be honest. And that was how he decided what went public and what didn't. We've got to do the same with nonprofits. And when we have our ideas and we have our plans and we have and we want to, we got this vision to do good. We've got to be honest with ourselves and put together a focal group of about, you know, five to 10 people, invite them over. If you can cook, if you can't, don't. If you can cook, invite them over and say, would you fund this nonprofit if you were down to your last $10? Wait, I'm not, let me just, can I just interject? Five to 10 people that will be completely honest with you yeah 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 no 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 i mean this is because because the reality is you know you really i mean you want people you trust i don't invite people i don't know to my house but you also don't want like you know sir some people say oh i don't want to hurt your feelings and i don't no, 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 you need to hurt your feelings because i'd rather you hurt my feelings than hurt my pocketbooks yeah that's my point that's my point so we want honesty people that are going to to tell us the truth about um, our dreams and visions and, you know, um, ideas. So um, what else? Well, I think that is, you know, those are the, the, the tenements of how you succeed in this nonprofit space. Again, I'll go back and review them. Make sure you got a real plan that actually can, can uh, sustain with or without you. Let me be very clear, people. I've heard many people, clients who've come to me and they said, oh, I've been putting in money for the last 10 years. Then, sir, you don't have a nonprofit. You have a hobby. <laughs> Just being honest. Okay. okay. And the reality, the reality is, is that people, you know, they get passionate and then when nobody funds it, they feel bad. Here's the deal, folks. And I'm going to be honest and give it to you straight. 
If your nonprofit is not making any money and you have tried to ask or 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 push some form of revenue plan and it's still not making any money, let it die. Start over. Because it could mean that maybe you just don't have a good idea. And that's okay. You know, innovation is important for a reason. That means, I mean, you know, uh, uh, Sir Isaac Newton, not Sir Isaac Newton, um, uh, Thomas Edison tried 999 times and on his, literally, on his last test run, got the bulb to, to light up. Yeah. So he didn't give up yeah. and you shouldn't either. But if it sucks, let it die. Okay. Okay. Any other tips, Brandon, for us? Well, you can always find me. Uh, you can find me online, Brandon Bryce. Uh, I, you know, and I, I consult. I still do. Um, and the reality is, you know, I, I don't take everybody's, uh, you know, if somebody says, well, we want you to consult and can you do this? You know, consultants nowadays need to be honest with their clients. The reality is the great hustle in America is the fact that I can consult, you can pay me, and by the time you find out I can't do what I said I can do, I'm out the door and I got your money. That's not a good deal. And so I always lay it on the lay it on the ground, let people know exactly what they may need. Uh, one size does not fit all. Some people need you know expertise on how to raise money. Some people need expertise on uh, strategic plans. Some people need expertise on marketing plan. Everybody has a different need. But it's important, people, if you're going to run a nonprofit, start a nonprofit, kick off and launch a nonprofit, you need to know what you need and you need to know what your strengths are and are not. Right. Right. And as far as you consulting someone. So if someone called, say, if I called you with an idea and I just discussed my idea with you, would you be the person that I can call and say, hey, Brandon, this is my idea and go and start from there? Sure. I mean, you know, and, and, you know, there's been many times that people have called me. Uh, I give the first 30 minutes free. Um, and then I just tell you if you got a great plan or not. Uh, and the reality is I can tell probably in the first 15 minutes if a person has founder syndrome, because when you offer that advice, if they're immediately aggressive, this is probably not a client that I'll take on. Ah, uh, got it. Got it. Okay. So, um, we want someone to call you and, and be humble, of course, right? Well, it's not about just being humble, but it's about recognizing what your strengths are and what they're not. Uh, again, I go back to the original thing that I said at the beginning of the program. Uh, are you the visionary? Are you the executor? Or are you both? Very often you see one or the other. Very few you see both. Wow. Wow. That's good to know. Because I think a lot of people, even me included, not, I mean, I didn't have a non-for-profit. I've never had one, but I did run a, uh, a retail business in New York. And I think that that was, that my challenges arose when I tried to wear too many hats. You definitely have to have, you know, you have to have a team. A team is important and everyone shouldn't try to do everything. So, I mean, I can tie that into what you're saying. Well, you can because, again, what I mentioned before is that a nonprofit is still a business. Yeah. And in fact, a nonprofit in some cases is harder 
because you're not, you know, a business is quid pro quo. I have this resource, you want it, you pay me, I pay you, everybody's happy. Right. Nonprofit doesn't really work like that. Mm -hmm. Nonprofits are more focused on, you know, how do we use you to funnel funding to support a charitable cause? And then what's the outcome? And very few people are able to, you know, really blend the two. And so that's why I always say when it comes to, you know, in my opinion, one of the best nonprofits, if you want to look at how to succeed in a nonprofit, look at Wounded Warrior Project. They had, you know, they, they were able to, they had a need and they were able to address that need very clear. Uh, it didn't take a lot to show why that need was, was needed to be met. And as a result, the organization, last time I checked, was, uh, you know, almost worth, you know, worth billions of dollars. Uh, also, St. Jude, same thing. The need is there. We see the need. Here's the money. So I think those are the, you know, if I want to start a nonprofit, take the time to look at some of the successful videos of nonprofits and how they scope people, how they target their audience. Uh, it's really intriguing. Wow. Wow. And you've done that yourself. Yes, I've done that, do that, and plan to continue doing it. Got it. Got it. Wow. Okay, Brandon, you've really actually given me a lot to think about. And I hope that you're, um, that we have some listeners on today that um, would really benefit from your expertise and your guidance. Um, I guess I can, unless there's anything else that you like to share with us, I guess we can wrap it up. Um, but I do want to talk just a little bit about um, just end it with something fun. Like, give us a fun fact about you that's not so business focused. Tell us a little bit about, you know, something fun, if you have anything. Well, the fun fact is, whenever I take on a client, I like to know what kind of music they listen to. The reason being is because if you if you listen to classical, then I can charge you more. Uh, if, you listen, if you listen to Queen, then I probably won't have you after eight o'clock because you're probably going to do some other uh, dainties that I'm probably not involved in. And if you uh, like me and you're a hip hop head, I'm a big, huge Tribe Called Quest fan, then I can get very deep on how we can go further into your nonprofit as far as, you know, what's the angle, what's the scope. Those are my deep thinkers. Um, and so there, that, that, therein lies my interesting is I, I judge people by the music that they listen to. Wow. Wow, that's interesting. I would have never guessed that. Okay, that's really interesting. Okay, well, um, I guess we can. Uh, I guess we can end it there. I do want to let the listeners know where they can find you, other than on brandonbryce.com. He can also be found at on Twitter at I am Brandon Bryce, on Instagram at Brandon the Bryce, and also on Facebook at Brandon Bryce. Brandon, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate your friendship. And uh, thanks for being a guest on Let's uh, Laugh and Share podcast. Thank you. And uh, look forward to uh, your guests having successful nonprofits. And uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, definitely. Okay. And I know that you're heading out of town tomorrow. So have a safe trip. Thank you very much. Uh, Good night, folks. And Godspeed. Hey, 
thank you so much for taking time to listen to um, my podcast today at Let's Laugh and Share Podcast. It was a pleasure to sit down and talk with Brandon today. I thank him so much for his time. I hope you enjoyed this episode and gathered some some tips that you could possibly use if you're thinking of starting up um, a nonprofit or if you already have a nonprofit. Either way, thanks so much for spending some time with me today. And um, again, Brandon Bryce can be found at brandonbryce.com. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.